Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 92 of the Galen Trombley Show. Um, I have Chris Rosenquist here, and I'm very excited for this. And um, I'll let Chris talk all about himself and kind of his goals and plans going forward. But he's currently the uh, Clinton County Legislator for Area 9 and then the mayoral candidate of the city of Plattsburgh. Correct. And uh, so, Chris, welcome to the show. And people that do not know you, please give us a cool. background, kind of rundown. Yeah, well, Galen, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for the platform. Um, it, it's always a key uh, and essential to get the message out, regardless of, um, uh, the, especially right now, uh, regardless of uh, of what's happening in, in the world, it's it's good to get the message out. Uh, given COVID, it, it's just been challenging, you know, and, and all of us who are running for office have, have run into that challenge of, of connecting with voters and getting, getting in touch with voters, especially um, face-to-face. So um, I certainly appreciate the platform. And uh, uh, I love the opportunity, so thank you for that. Yeah, this, yeah, cool. this is great. And yeah. I, I, uh, I was telling you before, my, my usually rule, and I've mentioned this before, is no politics. But I don't, I don't like debating people on politics, but I do yeah. like people that are doing cool things and or looking at have the, um, I guess, the goal or the drive or the willingness to take on you know, a task of, in this case, leading an, uh, a city yeah. you know, and trying to make the city better and improve. Mm-hmm. You never go into mm-hmm. office wanting to make things worse. So it's like yeah, the whole right. idea is like, how can we get it from here to, like you said, future to be better? So first question for you, just where, where like politics, where, where the lo- like love of politics come in? Because you yeah. ha- you obviously you're in politics now. You mm-hmm. have a role. You have mm-hmm. a leadership position. Yeah. You help, you know, you're representing people. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, where did that start? Well, uh, you, you know, I, I tell people I never grew up thinking, oh, I'm going to get into politics. It was never like a thing um, that uh, I, I thought about. Even growing up here, you know, and I grew up in Plattsburgh. Uh, my family moved here um, in the early 80s uh, when I was a kid. Uh, we were Air Force family and uh, I did all my schooling here. So, I, you know, growing up in this community, I, I never thought like, oh, I'm going to get into politics in some sort of way. I, you know, quite frankly, I, I thought it was going to be more of like a teacher or um, uh, something along those lines as, as an adult. But when there was an opportunity to move home in 2013 uh, that presented itself that looked like running for office, you know, it, it felt right. It felt right to where, you know, especially where I was in my life, um, uh, where I was in my career, what I wanted to accomplish in terms of the purpose that I had, that I have for myself, developed for myself, um, which, which really is to be of service to my community and to, um, you know, to just contribute back in a way that it felt to me above and beyond what, what the norm could be. So when I had the opportunity to move home in 2013, um, that really kind of shaped that future for me to come home. And so when I did come home and I lost that election, it still was, and there was still a question people, you know, a lot of people said, Oh, what is he going to do? Is he going to just run and leave or, but no, like my, my whole goal for coming home was to contribute back to my community in a way that made the most profound difference or a profound difference. And, 
this is just how it kind of shaped into that, right? So when I lost in 2013, there was a series of projects that we created uh, that continued to contribute to the community. I knew that I was here to, to settle in and, and, uh, and, and to create some roots, um, to grow my roots here, um, start a family here. And that's really what the, you know, ultimately the goal um, has been. And, um, and when um, there was an opportunity to run for county legislature, which was held by, um, 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 John, doc, uh, John, man, I'm blanking on his name. Sorry, but that's um, fine. You mean prior to the seat was held by correct, prior, correct. Gotcha. Um, uh, but he, uh, John Gallagher, sorry, uh, Dr. Gallagher, he was uh, my high school principal. So it's it's it was just a little uh, uh, a like a very interesting circle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, I was running for my high school principal's um, legislative seat. <laughs> so it was just it's just very curious, you know, and and. Um, when somebody, when, when, um, that seat became available, that's when people just reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, we know that you are involved. We know that you, you're, you're connected to the community. You're committed to making a difference to community. Is this something that you'd be interested in? Um, that's not something I was actively looking for. Um, but, uh, it, it certainly was something that kind of reflected what kind of contribution I wanted to make to the community. Uh, and because it's a full city district, Area 9 is a full city district. It does contribute to half of the city of Plattsburgh. And I do represent, um, although I'm a county legislator, I do represent um, the city of Plattsburgh, uh, which means a lot of money that I um, uh, that I have brought in um, from the county goes directly to the city uh, for community projects, uh, for art projects, for uh, small businesses, um, for the footbridge, for example, the Web Island footbridge mm -hmm. as well, um, allocated $50,000 for ongoing maintenance for that footbridge. And so that's those are the kinds of things that I've found to be able, that, that I've been able to leverage in the seat to make a difference in the community. And that's really kind of where that, um, that that passion for my community and passion for my home uh, couples with my ability to to influence and make a difference as a as a politician or well, as, a, as a legislator. Yeah. Well, now, where did the service come from? Like, did you grow up in a like? I mean, I think as at a certain point, and I kind of had this reversal. I just hit thirty years old, so I'm kind of looking at like mm -hmm. as you start to mature a little bit. My late twenties, I started to get my mind around. Hey, how can I start bettering our community? And that's mm -hmm. one of my long term goals. I think as a lot of uh, you know, younger professionals in the area that they want to keep making that, that climb. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that something that came natural to you or was this like, Hey, listen, I had like an epiphany, like mm. 10 years ago, I know I'm picking a random yeah, sure, date, but sure. like, did I have an epiphany that like, Hey, this is what I need to do now. I need to start focusing on maybe not being, cause most of my goals when I was younger were selfish goals. They were very mm -hmm. like me centric. Yep. I, I maybe not negative, um, centric goals, but they were just, they were me. It wasn't affecting a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I want to try to change that as I get older. Now for you, is that the same? Is that, did it, it didn't come natural to me, but I've mm -hmm. kind of had a shift. It was it like for you, what was that? Well, I mean like growing up, you know, my, my mom was a single mother. Um, and we had, uh, five kids in the home. Um, mm -hmm. one, one, my oldest brother had moved out, but we had five kids. Um, and, uh, there's six of us all, to, all together. So I had five brothers and sisters and growing up here in this community with a single mom, it was, it was tough. So you knew that you'd have to contribute to the greater good of the, of the unit, right. Of, of the family. So that, that kind of, um, although it wasn't, um, it didn't translate directly into making a difference in the community. There was, there certainly was a personal obligation that I knew of that I needed to contribute beyond just my own needs. It didn't, you know, and, and growing up and into my adulthood, there certainly was a, a measure of volunteerism. 
you know, at 18, I was coaching, um, pony league baseball for the base. Um, and, and, um, and, and after that there was like just donating money and, and small volunteer projects, you know, serving at a soup kitchen on Thanksgiving, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it didn't really, um, solidify in my own life until I was about 30, uh, my late twenties. And there was just a moment, just a five, 10 minute moment that mm-hmm. I had, um, that was eye opening. It didn't, it wasn't, it didn't start from anything. It was just a random occurrence that, that it seemed to be random. And it was an epiphany. It was a, a, a it was an, an existential, existential questioning of what is my life's purpose? What's my life's goal? And at the time, it's very similar to what, how you're describing. Um, at the time, it was very career driven, very money focused um, in my career and realized that that is not it, at the end of the day, it just wasn't getting me, um, it wasn't creating that experience of my own self, mm-hmm. um, and of my life that I wanted. So that's really where it shifted for me. And, and although it, it although I didn't really, it, it really wasn't clear on how that was going to express itself. It certainly started to shape, um, my actions and my goals in my life. So, and I love that. I, I, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I like my long-term vision as, like when you plan stuff out, I was kind of talking with some people here the other day. I'm like, what, like, what's your goals? Like one year goal, three year goal. But I said, what's your 20 and 30 year goal? Like yeah, think right. and think long distance big. And again, a lot of it I know is coming from a very broad purpose. You don't know exactly, but like, what's the general theme of what you want to do? Like I'm again, 30 years from now, I'll be 60. 60 not that old. I mean, as right. we've gotten older, like 60 right. is right. like, those guys are still kicking like yeah, real hardcore. Absolutely. So the idea of like, what could we do there? And I'm looking at it from like a standpoint of, when I die, I die. I'm done. Anything I have is going to be gone, but your legacy or whatever you contribute to mm-hmm. society is going to keep living on. I just want to leave it better for our next generation. That's right. I'm going to talk about this later, not right now, but we both have young young kid, or mm-hmm. you have Miles, right? Yeah, that's if right. I remember right. Yeah. yeah. So right. he's a cute little kid. I just remember when you guys first had him. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, you know, having a son, you know, I have two kids now, kind of looking at what, how can we better their lives going forward that's and right. then, and I'll talk about that later. Come on, talk about dad life after because that's yeah, no, that's no doubt. that's, that's different. But that's um, so for the mayor position, like why why mayor? Why are we going from county to yeah, mayor? Yeah, sure. And that's that's a that's a, always a question that comes up. And and I think that um, fundamentally, when it comes down to it, there's there is a drive to do better for the community. And there's always going to be a drive. I'm always going to have a drive to do better for the community. And it just depends on what opportunity and position there is to to fulfill on that as the mayor's position became open there was there was a couple factors certainly that certainly how it was currently being run was a driving factor uh for for a mayoral run um and then also um just leveraging the extensive experience that i have had and developed in both career uh, both a career in business and management um, as well as my um, political experience. So there's a combination of these experiences and skills that leverage itself to, um, I always talk about the potential that we talk about in the community. The, the city of Plattsburgh has all of this potential. And we talk about, we have all this potential, potential, but when does that become actual? When do, when do we shift uh, what we could be to what we are? Right. And so I think that where we're at now is that shift and we need the right person, the right time, the right skill set to make that shift over, especially in the time when there's a a crisis. Right. We we are in the middle of a pandemic, even though we didn't plan on it. uh, We certainly we certainly started to see something brewing in the world um, that seemed pretty serious. But right now, as in the thick of it, 
you know, ensuring that the person that steps into a role um, has the experience to be successful in that role based on their career experience and based on their community experience. So that's that's really what's driving. And then, you know, just that fundamental life's purpose of making the the biggest difference that I can in my life. And you use the word legacy, which is which is curious because that's the conversation that I started to have when I was 29. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, if I continue to do the same thing that I'm doing, what is my legacy going to be? And that, that was kind of the, the underlying theme for, for pushing me in that direction of, of community um, service. Are, are you, and I, my guess is probably yes on this, but are you one of those people that are you ever satisfied? Are you always kind of like, what's the next thing? Can I get better? Can I improve? Can I do more? Can I like, I'm one where I have a hard time shutting my brain down and mm -hmm. like, I get bored very like, if things are monotonous, I get, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm done. So I'm always challenging myself. So my thing, when I talk about making Plattsburgh way better, North Country better than we've ever had it, like I will never accomplish that goal because mm -hmm. it can always get better. Sure. But if I can try like hell to get to that point where, hey, I can leave and at least say when I'm done, like I'd put every effort I could to get it from here to here and, and I just ran out of time. Right. Do you find that you're like that? Or are you someone that like, no, I'm, I'm kind of good. I can, I, I like to challenge myself, but I'm also very at peace with kind of like, where I am, I don't really need to strive to be better as long as I'm kind of like, you know, maxing out what I have right now. Yeah. Um, I have, I definitely have that, but then I also have just the mindset of like, I just got to go because I got to challenge myself. I'm sure, like, like sure. if I found, if I, I retired, I'd get really good at like fly fishing, mm -hmm. you know, something yeah, funny yeah, sure, like that. Sure. Yeah. I think it's a balance of both. I can, I, I, I think satisfaction is, um, something that can be created, uh, and invented for oneself, uh, in terms of, or, you know, if, if I look at a, if I look at the solution that I've created for something, or if I'm working on a project and I come up with, with the solution to that project, can I be satisfied with that solution? I can be, there is certainly a drive to be better though. Right. And, and I think that is just that, that constant self-improvement. I don't, and I don't, and I have in the past looked at it as like, you need to be a better person. And if you're not, then, you know, it's kind of like I've beaten myself up over it. I think in my, in my mature, in my maturity, I guess, I don't know. I wouldn't call myself like mature, but I think in, 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 as I've developed over the years, I have come to a point that says, okay, there are certain things that can be accomplished now. And if I push, if I push on them more, it's going to leave, it's going to leave it worse off. So I can get to a point or I can create something to a point or create a project to a point that is fulfilling and it satisfies the need for that project. And if I push it beyond that, it's going to degrade the the satisfaction or, or the intent of the project okay, itself. Yeah. Right. I get it, yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. So, so yes, I'm always looking to improve and, you know, even, you know, in my business, it's like, yeah, you can get to a point where you become so efficient and then a new technology comes out and yeah. you have to look at how does this new technology or this new process or this new widget impact, um, what I'm doing and, and how I'm doing it. And is it something that I want to adopt? So, so yeah. what, what did you do prior to, um, being on the, like, what was your, what was your past professional career? Yeah. Um, I guess up until like, cause I know right now with the County, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about coffee. I love coffee. So we'll talk about yeah, that. But well, like, I love coffee too. But, but, pri <laughs> but prior, prior to that, what was your yeah. background in work wise? Yeah. So in, um, 98, uh, we're going way back here. Uh, 98, I, uh, joined the computing center at SUNY. And as at the time I was an English major. So I graduated SUNY Plattsburgh in 2000 with a degree in English uh, with a print journalism option. So a little bit of writing background. And in 98 though, I joined the computing center and I started developing 
websites, database-driven websites. And that's kind of where my uh, skills started to develop into. And um, after I graduated in 2000, I had a couple options. I, I could either go into photography, which was where my focus was in, in, in journalism, or I could go into technology. I decided to go into technology and keep photography as a kind of like a hobby. So um, in 2000, I moved out to San Francisco to help start a company. Um, and we did extremely well. It was right at the time when the dot-com uh, bubble was bursting. There were a lot of companies that were going IPO. Uh, we were not one of those companies. Instead, we ended up purchasing another company in, um, in Minneapolis and moving our headquarters from San Francisco to Minneapolis, where, again, I was still doing, I was still writing software, essentially. I was sitting on a computer writing software. So, like coding, is that what the yeah, term for coding? Yeah, coding. Yeah. You can say coding, software yeah. development. I guess that's design. the buzzword of like yeah, the tech. Sure, so, sure. And then you went to Minneapolis and then... Yep. Minneapolis it was here in 2013. Yeah, so so I, I I was in Minneapolis from 2002 to 2006. Okay, and in the time that I was there, um, we had sold the company, and um, I after this company sold the um, I went into software consulting. So it was just very much working with clients. Um, identifying problems um, that they wanted to solve using technology or they wanted to solve or they wanted to create a product uh, for their customers, uh, a software product. So I would work with them to help them um, identify the business market, identify the, the the product itself and help write it and help build it, you know, build the software product. And so that's what I did from uh, 2004 all the way through to 2011. And so I worked with a handful of companies in, in that time. Uh, but in 2011, I think that's when I really like had a lot of those conversations for what my life's purpose was started to develop and technology just wasn't a fit anymore. Mm -hmm. And so after, um, so I completed my MBA in 2011 from university of Washington foster school of business. Okay. And after that, I just went into business for myself, non tech. Um, I, you want to talk about an origin story about how, um, the coffee shop. I love started. this kind of stuff. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, no doubt. Um, talk about an origin story for how the coffee shop started. Um, I started a company called Seattle burlap. And in the middle of Seattle, you know, that's, you know, some people would say that's the Mecca of yeah. coffee in the U S. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, we ended up recycling burlap bags from green mountain coffee roasters. So we would take all of their used burlap bags and we would uh, repurpose them for farming, gardening, industrial farming, industrial gardening, yeah. industrial landscaping and other, um, industrial uses. So we, you know, that's what we did for, uh, several years until I moved, until I moved home, um, but uh, during that time, um, these bags would come filled, partially filled with uh, raw, un unroasted green beans. And they look like little peanuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like, little, like yeah. little green, unroasted green beans. And so we would collect these green beans and start roasting them at home. And that's just kind of how the coffee thing started. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we, so we start roasting at home. We'd buy this gadget for making coffee. We'd buy this gadget for making coffee. We'd invite people over and make coffee. And so we just, you know, for years, we just like start roasting at home and making all these coffee, making this coffee from different Were you a coffee ways. guy prior to that? I mean, like I would drink coffee. I wasn't like. But a, you weren't nerding like, out on coffee. Quote unquote coffee guy. I yeah, was yeah. not a quote unquote coffee guy. Um, but at that point, it just became pretty clear. Like this is where it's at. No, that's. I, yeah. So. And then you, so you came back from 2011, 13, you kind of made your way. 2013, yep. I it, came back in, two, in June, July. I landed here July 4th, okay. 2013. Okay. And my first, uh, my first. Pub, and you were running for candidate that was Correct. I was okay. running for, I was running for mayor at that time. And I did an interview on the way back on the road. Probably like I pulled over somewhere in like, like 
Idaho or North Dakota or someplace in the middle of nowhere. I was on the side of the road doing an interview with um, uh, News Channel 5. And, um, yeah, it was a very fascinating experience. In, in terms of, like, something, something in, in terms of life's purpose, uh, you know, that was – I tell people that um, that experience was the scariest experience I've ever had in my entire life. So, I – okay. So, 2013, you – this is kind of where it seems kind of crazy. I mean, not in a bad way, just like I can see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So 2013, you decide to run for mayor of a city where you don't live in currently. You're originally from and you're Correct. making your way back to. Correct. So you had been, obviously you spent, I mean, well over a decade or more. About 13 years. Yeah. 13 out of, years total. Okay. So yeah. out of the area, show up. I'm sure you had some name recognition from, oh, I remember Chris from mm-hmm. high school or yeah, college. Of course. Of course. Um, I mean, the... The disadvantage, I guess, of that must have been challenging, having the sense of like, man, I'm coming in and yep. I got to be like, because you got to think like right now, I would think you were in a much better position mm-hmm. running yes, for this yes, because of, of just course. connections of and course. relationships. That's right. So that's right. like, yeah. So what made you, I guess, all of us, like that's, that just seems crazy to me that someone would come mm-hmm. in and be like, hey, I'm, I'm moving in July and I'm running for this major position mm-hmm. five months later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean. What was the mindset of yeah, that? Like, so why you- it was it, it it was also one of those situations where uh, you know I come home every year. You know when I was when I was living away, I would come home every year. You know nieces and nephews graduate high school and college, so you come in, you come home right, mm-hmm. uh, and you and you visit family, you visit friends. It was just that one time I came home and somebody said, you know what? And and by the way, like around that time when I talked about in my late twenties. It was probably around that time when I was looking for the opportunity to come back home. It just my career, you know, my career was still in a position where there wasn't anything here. Um, and I and certainly was looking still, but there wasn't anything here that would continue to afford my te- technology career. And that's really where I was still in the thick of my, my technology career. Um, but so... Um, when I came home in 2013, uh, I, I think it was like May or April and May or something like that. I came home for a graduation and ran into a friend and they said, you know what, what we really need is somebody like you, who you grew up here, you have roots here, you had to move away for school, but you, you developed a decent career. You've developed your career and you would come home and you would use that to make a difference in the community. And like I said, like that has just been developed into my life's purpose is making a difference in my community as much as I can. And so it just made sense. It, it made sense. Um, it made sense at the time. Right. And, um, it certainly, it certainly, um, was scary, uh, looking back, you know, looking back and I knew, I knew at the time it was kind of like, yeah, you know, people don't know who I am, um, in the sense of like, I haven't been, I haven't been in the community for a while. Um, but you know, I also know people know me and just based on my, my experience, um, just of my own personal experience, I just said, look, if, if I don't do this, I'm probably going to be living like I'll probably be on my deathbed wondering what if, you know, and I just didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to I didn't want to have that experience. And I don't I don't like having that experience of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the that was the kind of background on that. And, you know, I don't regret it. Absolutely not. You know, I came in second place. Um, I, as an independent candidate, I came in second place. It was a, it was a good run. Um, I appreciated the experience. I appreciated the welcome home and, um, and yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I don't regret it at all. Well, I think again, losses aren't a bad thing. If you learn from them or you yeah. get better, or like you said, it's an experience. I, I, cause I remember when you came and I didn't know you, but I remember the name when you first came mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like, I just never heard of, yep. you know, Chris. Um, but so I guess that my question, a couple things for you is, mm-hmm. I think you're in a, you seem like you're in a unique, 
there's two things that I think there's there's a gap when it comes to like Plattsburgh and other areas. Is mm-hmm. one is you have a group of because I'm part of a pretty solid group of young professionals that like you know doing this kind of stuff like yep. getting after it. So like yep. you have them, you have an older generation. I think we're in a very big divide right now, and you can see it from a national level of mm-hmm. politics. You can see everything else that there is this really I. Th- we're coming to a head here and it's, it's sad to see on a national level, you know, the, I guess, amount of divide in the country, mm-hmm. but to have the generational gap in regards to, um, I guess I want to say values so much, but as, as just viewpoints and how things should work, I find that the younger generation is way more progressive and mm-hmm. way more open and way yep. more like, Hey, let's more work together to solve problems. I yeah. think the older generation is still like, I believe this, you believe that. And we're at odds, which right. I, it's like that, that, that to, I'm much more that younger generation mm-hmm. of like, Hey, you not, may not vote party lines or be the same way, but you can work together to both trans like, get this better. Yeah. I want to hear you talk about that. Then also I'm curious to see, because again, Plattsburgh is behind in the times when it comes to most places in the country, a bigger, bigger areas, mm-hmm. having lived in San Francisco, having lived in Minneapolis and these bigger cities, mm-hmm. What what is your? I've never lived away from the North Country. Right. I visited. I've yeah. never lived there. Yeah. How do you take those experiences from bigger metropolitan areas and bring it back to here, knowing that okay, we're pretty much going to be trending very similar to those bigger cities. Mm-hmm. So I guess on those two things, I guess the generational gap, and then also background of being in that larger city, kind of bringing that mindset here a bit. Yeah. Well, the gen- the generational gap, you know, the, the and you find pockets of people that kind of fall into like outliers. So you have older, you know, you can say quote unquote older um, uh, leaders or older community members that that don't think in that same way, you know. And I've I've, I've run into a, a couple of people that I've worked with on the legislature that very progressive older folks, very very clear on understanding that that integrating younger voices uh, and including younger voices into the conversation is key. It needs to be key. And you know, my position is very similar to that. I look at, you know, I I, I just had a um, a um, late night for the planet event yesterday with uh, Kurt Gervich and his um, class. And, you know, I think a lot of the times and a lot of the pitfalls that that leadership runs into is they look at young adults that age and they say, that's the next generation of leaders. And it's not, that's this generation of leaders. And it's, 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 it's up to us as leaders to empower them to step into that role if they want to step into that role or create an environment for them to step into that role rather than waiting for them or waiting for the quote unquote next generation of leadership because they're there and they're leading they're they're doing community projects they're they're doing the thinking around how to make our community better but what's what what's not happening is that there's no environment to adopt that because of the current power structure mm-hmm. um, and the current power structure is held in place by the majority of I, I think of what you're saying is a um, which is which I believe is a generational difference um, of a, that group of leaders who want to keep something in place I don't know what that something is um, other than um, my experience has always been like passing the baton. You know, if, 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 if I'm in a position and I, and I want a particular person in the next position, I'm going to make sure that that, that one specific or two specific people are ready for me to pass the baton Mm -hmm. over, uh, versus like who, uh, versus like, and I think this is kind of the challenge that we're facing with now is who is the best person to take over? Who's the best person to step into the leadership role, especially in the mayor seat. Um, you know, the, the, the thing for me is when we talk about like 
building the next generation of leadership, if we're not if we're not casting a wide net, then we're losing out on that level of thinking, that diverse thinking. And we can't have it both ways. We can't say, well, we want more people involved, but if you don't look like this, or if you're not quote unquote from here, Mm -hmm. or if you, you know, if you didn't spend, you know, X amount of years in the same career forever, then you're not qualified to do something, which is, which you know, and I know is not, is not the same. There's generational differences, which is why I think millennials get a bad rap or Gen X get a bad rap because it doesn't look like the generation previous. And that's, uh, I, that is just an unfair judgment. It's just a different way of thinking that people have based on how they grew up or the environment in which they grew up or the society at the time in which they grew up and to understand or understand their viewpoint and to um, empathize with their viewpoint will allow us to better integrate them into those types of decision making. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I think that's where we, you know, as leaders, you know, when I do talk to young people or young adults and I say, look, it's really up to you what position you want to step into. Because at the end of the day, if you show up, uh, if you contribute to the conversation, if you become involved and on a consistent basis, you're going to be an influencer. You're going to be a decision maker because you know who to talk to. You know the issues at hand. You know um, how those issues are being solved. And you can move forward in one way or the other if you want to make that impact. But you, but also that's part of, part of it is participation. Yeah, well, I, the reason I mention that is because I think that some – and I'm speaking from experience because I had a, a shift probably five years ago where it's like, hey, you know what? I've I finally realized I got out of the the idea that I'm I'm a kid. I'm I'm now a peer. Mm-hmm. Like me at twenty right. something years old, I'm a peer with thirties and forties and fifties right. and sixties. And I'll be honest, that was something I didn't wrap my brain around until probably mid twenties, where mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I'm not a college, high school, I'm That's not this right. young kid, I'm not right. Joey's son, I'm not this. I'm I'm my own person, I'm my own eight. Like I can sit there and I can hang with people that have been doing this for thirty years. Mm-hmm. And but I, I gained the self belief and the confidence I could do it and not it's not that I was you know, this hot shot and better or worse. It's like, no, but I can at least, I can be in the conversation with somebody, have a, you know, have my viewpoints that I think are thought out. Maybe, you know, I might not be as articulate as a lot of people, but I think I can have enough thought and, and at least give my opinion and hear people's opinion and work with them. Mm-hmm. That's right. My biggest thing back then was I was intimidated by the thirties and the forties and the 50 year olds. And I still had the mindset of like, you know, going into as like a kid in junior high and high school, you know, the high school kids are so much older. Yeah. Well, I had that idea. I was like, I'm 20. Well, the 30s and 40 year olds and 50 year olds and 60 year olds are so much older than me. And I, I don't even I don't even want to go say hi to them at after hours of these business mm, functions yep. because I'm this little kid. Right. And part of it was me. I had to work on that. But then I also think there's a lot of there's a lot of phenomenal older people in our, our that are basically, like you said, reaching their hand out. Come here. I'll give you the baton. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you what to do because I'm kicking the bucket in a couple of years. I want to go retire and do whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. But I want to make sure that you're comfortable and know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important for that younger generation that I think, you know, and I'm, these are peers of mine that they have to feel open and they have to feel like they can step into that. And they're not intimidated to yeah. step into that. Yeah. And the reason I think that you're, are you 40 plus minus? 45. Okay, forty-five. Mm-hmm. You look good. So I was like, I, I was—I well, don't even say forty. I was like, maybe well, you're late thirties. No, I said forty yeah, plus yeah, or minus yeah. right there, but forty-five. <laughs> you're kind of in that that gap, or like yeah. you went through the airport, um, you went for the base closing, you mm-hmm. went all the way through, right. like you said, the dot com and the recession mm-hmm. and nine eleven, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you've in, in, in your formative years, not right. as a kid. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So like I again, me being a little bit younger, like nine eleven, I remember vividly, but I was a kid, you right. know, and I don't remember the Air Force base closing. Mm-hmm. 
taking all that, you have the basically the history of Plattsburgh, and then you have the future mindset of like right. still being. 45 you're still a young guy like sure. hey i can st- i st- i still have a lot of years that i know i can mm-hmm. change the trajectory mm-hmm. which to me seems very positive and but again back to the question we said before yeah. san francisco minneapolis like what was your yeah what's your takeaway from that where where's plattsburgh behind on the times where do you think the improvement can come from it's different i mean like it's different to say like well i i think like this i i when you look at plattsburgh part of it is part of it is creating our own identity. And I think that's where say like, you know, for example, Minneapolis was fantastic because they have a real strong identity, um, even down to neighborhoods, even different neighborhoods have their own identity. And we see that kind we see that in a very small scale here. Like for example, West court street, West court street, you know, everybody knows that, you know, they're going to have a party. They're going to have Halloween. They're going to, oh, yeah. you know, there's there, they are their own neighborhood and that's kind of like their identity. But I think one thing that we struggle with in Plattsburgh that I think we can adopt from other communities is creating that identity. Um, you know, you've heard me say that, you know, we look at the town of Plattsburgh and we try to compare ourselves to the town. We say, well, the town of Plattsburgh has all this developable land. And so, and, and they're building all these industries. And then you say, well, we don't have that. So we need to annex property or we need to find large swaths of property to build, build, to build big buildings on, to, to start manufacturing. And that might not be our path. And I would argue that that's not our path because we're the Lake city and we're a tourist destination. Um, we're not just, um, we're not just a rest stop on the way to Montreal or to Boston or to Burlington. We are a destination. People come here, uh, from all over the world just to experience our lake. Uh, you know, Bassmasters, for example, yeah. that's a, uh, that, that that's huge. That's a, that's a big deal, yeah. right? Coming right here to, oh, there's a train going by. It is a legit oh, train a station. Thing. I always tell yeah. people like yeah. we are really in the train <laughs> station. Great. Um, so there, you know, it, that's a big deal, right? That's not, you know. People know, you know, Bassmaster is just not going to show up to any old location, right? Like we are, we are on the map and it's now that's the, that's, it's now the impetus for us to develop that in a way that makes the most sense for our community, makes the most sense for generating sales tax, makes the most sense for improving our own quality of life to attracting business and industry here. And so when we start to identify ourselves in that way, then we, our path becomes pretty clear when, you know, like you said, when you, when you had this epiphany or when you had this thought about what my, what's my life's purpose or what's my life's goal, your goals and your actions line up pretty consistent with that. And with that, with that end goal or with that, with that game. So I think that's where we currently have to take a look at, look, I've been working with the chamber of commerce for the last five years to develop this tourism plan and this destination tourism plan. And they are doing all of the work to get us there. Now, it, I think the I think the the uh, responsibility of the city is now to step into that role and to also help develop that. Because short of this, you know, if, if one agency is doing it and the city's not doing it, well, then you know you can't look at them and say you need to do all the heavy lifting. We need to do it in partnership. So. You know, when I look at what we can do based on my experience, that is part of it. Looking at who we are, what our identity is, and start to develop that identity. And I think part of that, the low-hanging fruit starts with tourism. And then we look at other, like, industries that can create or build around that. Well, again, coming coming from, obviously, a real estate background, and I look at a couple things stick out to me, at least from the city perspective. Obviously, the taxes are extremely high. Sure. Um, extremely high to the sense that it affects 
people whether they want to even live in the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are leaving because they're like, listen, I'm paying $42 per thousand to live here and I can go, I can go outside the city. I lose the 12% or the 12, whatever it is, $12 per Mm -hmm. thousand, you know, Mm -hmm. just Plattsburgh city tax. Mm -hmm. Um, Taking that and then obviously, again, and I'm, you know, this stuff gets hard. We talk about Plattsburgh, the city itself geographically is only so big. Right. And then you talk about, and and I know this happens from a tax and I don't know enough about this, how it works, the taxes, but there's a lot of exempt places in the yeah, city that yeah. they carry large real estate, you know, mm-hmm. the hospital, the college. Yeah, sure. So churches. How, schools, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So how like the, the taxes obviously is nothing new. I mean, people grumble mm-hmm. about the taxes yeah. and historically like, from a real estate perspective, yeah, like the city of Plattsburgh, your mm-hmm. tax significantly yeah. higher than anywhere yeah. else. So what, what's, how do we neutralize that? Is it possible to neutralize that? Like what, what would be the approach to neutralize that? It's, I don't know. Neutralizing, I think offsetting is, offset, is, yeah, yeah, it's a good right. term. Offsetting yeah. is yeah. where, because you're always going to have taxes. You're yep. one way or the other, you're going to have taxes. You're going to have county taxes. Um, you're going to have sales tax. But I think that's, again, we go back to how do we generate revenue as a community? And, and there's very limited ways for a municipality to generate revenue. Um, one, one way is delivering services and we deliver services that generate revenue. It's not something that you want as a municipality, I don't think it, it's the obligation of the municipality to make money on taxpayers. It's to provide a service um, at a reasonable cost to, um, which is offset by tax, by tax revenue. And so when you deliver these services, you're not charging out of the roof, you're charging a modest rate so that you can provide that service. If it's required, if it's a required service, like building inspection and, and permitting, things like that. So, so that's one way, right? And you have to, then if you're, as from a business perspective, if you're looking at, I need to deliver the service and I need to maximize the revenue by delivering the service, how am I going to do that? So you look at different, you know, changing different processes, including, um, technologies to help deliver that service more effectively, um, or training your staff in a different way to deliver that service more effectively. So that's, um, so that's one way to increase revenue and and reduce expense. Mm -hmm. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. It's, it's it's real. It's yeah. real deal here. Uh, so you know that's one way to start to look at how do you manage the city from the city's perspective in terms of lowering that rate. So if you can deliver those services um, cheaper mm-hmm. um, or less expensive, then you can start to lower that rate. But also part of it is like understanding again how do we generate revenue, and a lot of that is through sales tax. Sales tax revenue is probably one of the highest ways that we can generate revenue in our community, and making sure that one, we have viable businesses, we have events that bring people into our community, mm-hmm. um, we have opportunities for business growth, uh, and we just create that environment uh, for business for business and, and business opportunity, as well as start to promote our city um, as a destination as well. Do, do you find, and do you look at like going into the position of mayor, running a small business? I mean, you, you like I said, you're running a P&L, yeah. you're, you ha- I mean, it, it's, Anybody that runs a small business and is ahead of that, there's so much more than that comes from it than just serving coffee. Correct. You know, there's all the back end people don't see all the all the late nights, oh, early mornings, down. the hustle, the hands just down. grind. Hands down. Like, do you take that and say, listen, I'm gonna run I, I don't even I don't know the approach. I've never been in politics. Like my background mm-hmm. would be I would go in as a mayor and run it as a, I would a small business. I got a P and L profit, you know, yep. do we cut expenses, do we increase revenue? Yeah. I mean, is that your mind? Is that something you like tap into when you do this? Partially. Because you're the economic uh, chair, I guess, right? I'm the the chair of the Economic Development and County Operations Committee, which is focused primarily on growth, like economic development, growth, um, community projects, uh, infrastructure projects, uh, but then also from the operations side that goes to 
board of elections and how the board of elections is operating. The DM, you know, the, the, the county clerk, um, weights and measures even, you know, mm-hmm. or real property. So it's also understanding how those, um, departments function and how can they function more effectively or be giving more tools to perform more effectively. So that's, you know, in terms of my chair right now, um, I was also the finance chair as well. So that's, you know, looking at the county budget, mm-hmm. making sure that we're spending money in the right places, making sure that, you know, we're managing, um, our, our budgeting process accurately and correctly year after year. So that's, you know, those are big, those are big, um, committees to serve on a lot of responsibility to understand the nuances of county finance, uh, economic development throughout not only Clinton County, but the region. And then also how, um, our different departments function and how they function effectively. So that's kind of the, you know, the, um, the background of my role at the county, but, um, yeah, you, you have to look, you know, cause when you look up, what is a mayor, mm-hmm. right? Just look at the definition of it. it is the CEO of a, of a municipality. Mm-hmm. So what's the responsibility or what's the skill set for a CEO? You got to know how to manage people, not just supervise. Supervising is one thing and I've supervised people, but you have to manage people. You have to be able to reprimand them. You have to be able to, um, uh, find development plans or create individualized development plans for them. Um, sometimes you have to let them go. Mm-hmm. You have to interview people. Uh, you have to be responsible for promoting them or how to make sure that they are set up in a way that they can be promoted, that they're given the skills to promote into the next position. Those are all skills and, and uh, experience that you need to have going into, into that into that job. You need to have budgetary experience, you know, regardless of what size. And I think the, the bigger the size, the better. Um, but certainly, you know, if you just look at my role as the finance chair, it it kind of fulfills that, but not to the sense of like hands-on. And as a consultant, I have a hands-on experience with managing large scale budgets, large scale, not just, not just advising on these budgets, but managing them over time. So you, you, those are, you know, those are basic skill sets that you need to be successful in this position, especially now in a crisis. Um, you know, unfortunately we have seen, um, you know, very smart people, who don't have that management, don't have that business experience, um, sit in the mayor seat and it has not gone well. And that's kind of the experience that we've had. I don't think that's something we can risk. You know, I don't think that is something that we can risk moving forward. So, uh, you know, that's the challenge. It's a challenge. It's a challenge, like looking at what, what is that skill set? And, you know, when you look at the mayor's position going into it, what kind of skills are you bringing to the table? Well, I think running a small business and then going into a position like that, like yeah. the background that you get from that again, cause you're tested, I mean, you're tested all over the place in many different avenues. Absolutely. That's why, like, I look at some, if you're anybody that runs a small business or takes on the risk of doing a business, like, mm-hmm. I never want to see you fail because it is hard. It is hard. And it when you hard. talk about leadership and managing people, like, I look at real estate. Like, real estate's pretty easy. I, mm-hmm. Like, you can learn how to do it. It's yeah. the people aspects. Like, whether it's clients, whether it's just people mm-hmm. in house, like you talked about, like, that's right. Rep- I hate reprimanding people because you yeah. never want to, but right. it's like you have to. And, yeah. and it's, um, it never, it's not a comfortable situation. You never want to, like, walk in and right. be like, you'd rather give praise than, than, yeah, than uh, right. critique right. someone. But, right. um, but you also have to know, you have to, you also, I think it takes a lot of experience to know the nuances, is the nuance between, 
okay, I need to have a conversation with this person about their performance or about, you know, what they're doing or, or how they're doing it. There's a difference between saying, I need to have a conversation with them to set them up for the, for being the most successful, uh, versus, okay, I've had I, I progressive discipline or something like that, which is also should be also part of that, that role, um, or any, any manager or business owner's role is progressive discipline, but also part of it is creating the expectation. And if you're not sitting down with your staff, if you're not sitting down with your managers and saying, okay, this is, this is the expectation, Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that we're all on the same page with what that expectation is. And then if that expectation isn't met both ways, by the way, this is not just like as Mm -hmm. a boss talking to an employee, this is look as a, as a boss or somebody who manages people and employs people, my employees and my team have an expectation of me. And if I'm not meeting that expectation, then I'm failing at my job. Mm-hmm. And so there's a conversation that they need to have with me. And there's an environment that I need to create for them to have that with me. That they're, that they feel comfortable having that where, you know, if I've messed something up, they said, Hey, by the way, you didn't do this right. You know, you got to fix this, or I didn't like the way that happened. So let's talk about that. And, but, but again, that's management that has to be part of that skill set, And that takes time to develop. That's not something that you can just say like, Oh, I'll just, I'll read a book. Yeah. You know, I read tons of books in business school when yeah. I got out of business school, it, you know, I had a lot of theoretical knowledge mm-hmm. coming out of business school, yep. you know, and you run your business. You're like, wait a second, this isn't what the book said. This is, you know, I did all the things that the book said I should do and it didn't go that way. Yeah. So there you go. Like you got to figure Pe- that out. Well, people are too, com- like people are too complex. So you have that many people. It's like, you can't not every, right. like you'll read these books and I, th- that was one thing that killed me in college. It's like, right. I learned more day to day, just yep, do the, right. just doing that's the walk right. in the walk. And, yep. um, so kind of what you, back to what you said with the setting the expectation or, um, I think that I've found that this is something that I think I do very well at with people around here is I set the, I set the expectation. I'm very transparent with my mm-hmm. goals. I, I want them to be I like, I'm asking them like, what's your goals? What's our goals? Like, let's get, help each other yep. get to that goal. That's right. But at the same point, when you talked about like reprimanding someone, Luckily, I have this because I, I mean, it could be bad if I didn't is I, I sit down and I dissect the situation. If somebody's not doing something that I would like them to do or doing it the way I expect them to do it, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to go run out and chew them out. It's like, okay, it, let's take a step back. Where did are they, like, okay, what's the home life like? What What's maybe did they have a bad week? That's did they right. say there was something I try to look at it as there's probably bigger factors mm-hmm. that are really the problem root problem that we're seeing all this stuff but really dig down to what's the cause and let's mm-hmm. let's fix that and a lot yeah. of times it's not they're not bad at their job they just might have had a stressful day you know someone sure. could be sick in their sure. family and um do you find and I, I guess like it's a buzzword nowadays but like empathy like i figure like I, I look at people and i'm like like one of those deals like everybody threw their problems in the, the ring you would mm-hmm. quickly grab yours out and that's mm-hmm. the same i would never trade my problems for anybody else because right. i think i got it pretty good compared mm-hmm. to a lot of people mm-hmm. But I, 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 I focus on that a lot when I deal, especially with the people that work here, because it's like they could have just a bad day at whatever at home. And I'm like, I know that's, that's top of mind. It's not this file that we're working on. Yes. Again, small business mm-hmm. going into the county, going into mayor. I mean, f- how do you deal with that with like the, I guess, yeah. being empathetic with people, but really understanding that it's, there's a lot of gray area in there, life. Well, you know? there, well, there is. And if you and if. You know, if somebody in a in a position of leadership is isn't doesn't understand the full picture or isn't curious enough to understand the full picture, but they're not leading in that sense. When you talk about when you tell you know we talked about um, self improvement, right? And and are you ever satisfied? When when I find that 
the people that I'm working with or somebody that I'm managing isn't fulfilling their expectation or the expectation that they, that the position has, the first place I look is myself. The first place I say, have I communicated the expectation clearly? Have I have, do they have, have I created or provided the tools for them to be successful at their job? Um, have I removed all the roadblocks for them to be successful at their job? If the answer to any of those is, no, or even maybe, then it's for me to go to work at ins- like really being clear on well, well, one, what is my expectation of this person? And is it unrealistic for the situation that they're in? And then two, making sure that they're also clear on that expectation and then making sure that they have all the tools in the roadblocks to remove the whole thing. If after that, then they're struggling, then there's a different set of circumstances. Maybe they need new training or maybe they need to be in a different job role. But that's also my responsibility to understand where they can thrive the best. And if I can understand that and I can set themselves, uh, I can set them up for success, then that's where the organization finds success as well. I Spot on. I couldn't have said it better yeah. myself. That was awesome. I, so... For, for, okay, we got Plattsburgh. Um, you've kind of talked to your vision. Like, well, I guess we'll, we'll kind of end with that, but what is the main things you think right now Plattsburgh needs to change? And I know we've, I, I've mm-hmm. went through all your points, and I think there's some, I mean, we'll yeah. probably dive into some yeah, of these, but absolutely. like from a standpoint of like, what does Plattsburgh need to change? And then what is Plattsburgh's greatest advantage? Like, we're, we're like, mm. we talked about we have the we have potential, but like, yeah. that I get it. We have potential. I'm a big actionable person. Like, let's mm-hmm. get stuff done. That's right. One of the things, which I love. I was I was going through your plan here. The fact that you have deadlines on all these mm-hmm. things, yeah. I think goes. People may not look at that as like, oh, they might say, oh, whatever, seven months, nine months. But I'm like, you know, if it doesn't, like, again, I, I take this from a friend of mine. If it like it doesn't have a date, it doesn't get done, kind of thing. That's right. But it's the idea that these timelines are aggressive. You know, a lot of these are within months and months and yeah. months. But my thought is, you're only going to hit those goals in. I'm the same way. I'm like, why mm-hmm. put it out as a two-year goal? We can. Right. I know I can do this in seven months. Right, so right. let's make a seven-month well, deadline. Well, part of, part of that part of that timeline is when they're going to start, not when they're going to end. And I want it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay, that's I, good. And I and I highlight that in my plan, and I do that for a reason mm-hmm. because part of it is you know you get into a new organization. And look, I've been in this situation where I've come into a brand new organization as a consultant, and I've been told, okay, this is this is how we want to do this. This is where we want to be at the end of the day, and you have to set yourself to a position where you know what you need to accomplish, and if you know when to start it, then you can get the ball rolling. In that sense, there is also an end line, and and uh, you know for for what I'm proposing, will there ever be an end line, end date, or, or a deadline for um, for identifying all of the shared services that the town of Plattsburgh and the city can can do? Maybe there will be, but that yeah. won't be identified until we get into the thick of it and say, okay, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Um, same thing with, um, same thing with, um, uh, uh, what we talk about a multimodal plan, you know, we need, um, an infrastructure that gets our people from one side of the city to another, uh, that doesn't always include building roads and, 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 uh, car traffic. We need bike lanes. We need, uh, transportation. Uh, we need, we, we need sidewalks, right? There's some yeah. major streets in our city that don't even have sidewalks. And so looking at it, looking at it from the perspective of, we need to start this work. When will this work end? It may never end. It may be a generational, like, you know, it may be work that we do, over the next 20, 30 years. So mm-hmm. to say like, oh, I'm going to finish this in 30 years. Well, it's not realistic, but you can say like, we're going to start, we're going to start this planning in five years. Um, but, but yeah, I think that 
looking looking at a plan and identifying what the importance is um, is key. I, I would say the first, like the top three things would be certainly the the relationship with the town of Plattsburgh. And you'll hear both my opponent and I say, and I should have said this in the beginning, you're going to hear me and my opponent say the same things. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear us say, well, we need to do, we need to be more uh, transparent as a community. We need to be more, uh, we need to work better with the chamber or something like mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is true. But at the end of the day, you got to look at who's been doing this for like the last five, six years versus who just started doing it and who has the management experience versus who um, doesn't have management experience. So you have to look at it from that perspective too. And I hope voters start to do that. And, you know, that's, that's just what we ask for voters to do. But when it comes down to it, yeah, man, you know, the, the relationship between the town and the city, that's key, you know, that's crucial for Mm -hmm. us and and future growth and generational growth Um, uh, developing tourism plans. Again, you want to talk about lowering our tax rate. We got to start looking at how do we generate revenue Mm -hmm. in our community? Yeah. Well, I think, and again, I, I'm not the biggest political. I Mm -hmm. see stuff kind of from a very headline, like Mm -hmm. if I, you know, here and there, but I remember it was two couple years ago, the city laid off a bunch of employees. And I remember at the time, some people had left. Some people were, mm-hmm. were were cut. And then I looked at it. Okay. I don't know Colin very well, the, the current mayor. I, I actually had him as a professor of economics. And I look at someone that can't, comes in with an economic background as I understand economics from a very broad sense. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, do you increase revenue or do you decrease expenses? Mm-hmm. But I think there's a certain level where, like you said, you can't just keep cutting, 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 you cutting can. to get down to a certain point because then you lose a lot of the services. You lose a lot of... So I don't think that's correct. And then it's like you said, okay, where's our revenue? Where's so I, like where's Plattsburgh? We talk about the greatest advantages because I think one of the biggest ones that you said is shared services with the town of Plattsburgh. Yep. To in my mindset makes total sense yes, because it, we're too small of a rural area mm-hmm. to say everybody's got to have their own thing. But two, I don't believe in just cutting, 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 cutting. I don't believe in like waste, but I don't believe that you should just cut down to bare bones and like have nothing. Well, you can't. It's, that's what we're seeing now. And, yeah. and if you want to talk about high taxes, you know, a lot of the frustration that I hear is, yeah, I pay so much in taxes, but what am I getting for it? Exactly. Yes. What am I getting for it? I don't, I don't have a rec center. I don't have a beautiful waterfront. I don't have a beach that I can go to. So what am I getting for all these taxes? Right. And that's the question. And so you're talking about infrastructure investment. You're talking about, you know, investment into access to our waterfronts and lake. We're talking about like parks, you know, things like, and, and you want to, you want, in my mind, those are, those certainly are low hanging fruit and they're easy things to do that improve our quality of life. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a balance. There's a balance between what are we doing to improve our quality of life and what are we doing to attract people here? And I think some of that is one and the same. Um, yeah, that's, that's just where, that's just where we have to focus. Now we do share services with the town of Plattsburgh. Like, let's not like think that we don't, mm-hmm. we do, we absolutely do. You know, we, we treat their wastewater, you know, we treat the city of Platt, the town of Plattsburgh, yeah, wastewater, I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're looking right, right at it right yeah. there. Um, by the way, that building is going to, you, have you seen the plant, the new plans for that building? No. And I, I was going to bring this up cause I, we'll come back, we'll come back to this. Yes. We'll come back to it. Okay. Um, but, but. Th- these are really easy things for us to do. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, as the finance chair, uh, probably my first year as a finance chair, that's when the state started to incentivize shared services. And we, you know, I, I chaired a meeting with the majority of the supervisors that came in from Clinton County to start to talk about and start to kick off this shared services meeting. 
to say, hey, what you know, what kinds of services are you um, currently paying for that you you know you think that you can share with either the county or another municipality? And that's how this that's how this shared services conversation uh, kicked off. So it, it you know, not just being it, you know not just being intimately familiar with with the mindset and the process, but also understanding that this is this is something that we need to go into. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I, I think the dialogue's open for a lot of things to happen because I think there's a lot of people right now that are, are frustrated with the city and want the change, and I think it, the city needs a reset. Yes. And that, that's kind of the biggest thing that I keep focusing on is that I think 2020, for all the negative and you know kind of disappointing year it's been so far from so many things, I think, at least from a local area, I think this will give us the reset that we need. Yeah. Now, I guess just kind of a very quick question. November, November 3rd is the election. We'll yes. mention this towards the end. Do you... Do you take office November fourth? Like no, how, January first. It is when, still. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah. If, okay. So, yeah. um, now a question I have again because of what you just said, and again being kind of on the young professional route. Mm-hmm. What role we? I know we touched on it, but what role do the younger people play? But we we kind of went over that a little bit. Mm. But what can they do right now to improve Plattsburgh? Knowing at like where is their positions for the younger kids to get involved or younger professionals to get involved? And then also, and this was part of your plan, which like, this is something that I want to focus on too, like put some effort in there in, mm-hmm. in the next few years. I was doing plans literally last, like goal plan thing uh, last uh, week. And one of my things is how do we bridge the gap between Plattsburgh State and Clinton Community College? Um, I, you know, I'm involved with Adirondack Young Professionals yep. and we're trying to like, how do you take the young professionals and, and college kids that is our biggest influx of people yeah. into the city, into that city. But well, I guess, yeah, city. Yeah. I mean, into the, yeah, for you, the mm-hmm. city every year, how do we get those kids? Instead of saying, I've talked to many of them. I've, I've had them as interns. I've had, mm-hmm. uh, I've been at events at the college questions. I ask them, okay, what's your major? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Do you like Plattsburgh? Yeah, I love it. It's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, would you stay in Plattsburgh? And this is their question. Well, yeah, I would stay. Well, I should say I would stay in Plattsburgh, you know, if I can find a job. That's or, right. And then the third thing I ask them is, so what are your plans after Plattsburgh? Like, do you like Plattsburgh? Would you stay here? And then what is your plan? Majority of them say, well, I think after I graduate, I'm going to go back to and then fill in the blank hometown. Correct. And the biggest thing that I, it kills me because I, the, I don't think there's a lack of potential here. I think there's a, there's a, there's a lack of voicing that to those kids to make it aware that, Hey, when you're 21 years old and you come out of college, mm-hmm. there's stay. If you like the area, Hey, we got the places we want to, we're giving you the knowledge. You come into yeah. class, we, we have all the professors here, take your knowledge, reinvest it back into our community versus mm-hmm. going back to long Island or the city sure, or, or sure. Buffalo. So what, I guess what's your, do you have, is that something you want to try to bridge the gap with? I know you mentioned it. I don't yeah. like kind of what's your plan on that? Cause I think that's huge for the future. Well, of this. it is huge for the future. And I, and, and part, so there's a couple, we got to unpack that a little bit. Right? Yeah, go ahead. Part, yeah. Take yeah time. Cause take part, of it, part of it is we, you know, when, when we have students come into our community, I think part of what we can do better as a community is be more welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, I hear it, you know, even as, even as a coffee shop owner or as a legislator community member, you know, you hear is like, Oh, here the students are again. Oh my God, here they come back. And, and they get, they get a bad rap, you know, the, again, but a hand, you know, the, the, the handful that create the havoc, um, are also the ones that are defining the entire community of students. And that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, so, but part of it is we, we can be better at welcoming them here because you know, you, you hear about, 
you know, students that come here and they're not from rural communities and they're like, well, I'm not going to stay here. Why would I stay up in, you know, here it's, there's nothing to do or Mm -hmm. this place is uh, not very welcoming or something like that. So we can do a better job at that. We, you know, especially the diversity of thinking and the diversity of voices Mm -hmm. and that they bring to the table. We have to leverage that as a community that, that makes us better when we start to incorporate incorporate and have conversations with people who are different than us, we start to develop a, a, a view that can stretch our own imagination. And I think that's a lot of where, you know, that I've learned living in different cities um, where, you know, I see kind of like the same resources, you know, I see the same resources that bigger cities have, like we have, and there's, a, there's an opportunity for us to expand our imagination a little bit in how to use those resources to, to grow. But a lot of that does come with having conversations with people who are different or having conversations who, with people who, um, are, are come from different backgrounds or putting people from different backgrounds in positions of leadership or decision-making positions. So that's, that's part of that, that incorporation of the Sunni community, but then also they have, they also have to do their job too, right? They, they have to police themselves and, you know, it, I also remind people this is not a once a year conversation as the mayor. Uh, I think it's, I think it's um, res- the responsibility of the mayor is to ensure that every single year when new students come in, that's a new conversation to have with people. Um, you can't just have this conversation one year and then three years later expect it to stick. So, uh, but also the other, on the other side is when people do come into our community you know, look, this is your home for the next nine months. So you're not going to walk around trash in your home. You're not going to, you know, if somebody came to your hometown and did the same thing, you would probably be upset about it. So the same thing here, like your home, this is your home for the next nine months. And, um, just like if I invited you to my house and I, and you came in the door and I was kind of like standoffish and I was like, eh, I can't wait till you leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be kind of weird. Right. Yeah. But if you came to my home and I said, Oh my God, thank you for being here. Sit down, you know, here's take coffee. your, take your yeah. shoes off. Here's some coffee. You want yeah. some, t- we even have tea if you don't drink coffee. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, you want to, you want to create that environment of that welcoming environment. And I think then when, when people feel welcome in the community, they're, they're willing to stay or they're willing to certainly explore what it would look like for them to stay. But then also on the other side of that, you know, I had, I had this, like, you know, when, when I moved, when I moved back, um, I had this idea. I was like, no, we need to keep our kids here. We need to keep our kids here. We can't, we can't let them leave. You, you mean, now you mean leaving the college? Yeah. yeah okay. Correct. Leaving like, like our, our kid, local kids, our going local to kids going, yep. no, like, like, I, I, let me be more clear. We, you know, our local kids are going to go to college, you know, if, or, or kids that come here to go to college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this notion of like, like we don't want our kids to leave, right? Because kids will leave. That's what they do. That's, you know, you grow up, you explore and you you move somewhere else. And, you know, the ideal situation is you come home like I did. But part of it is the reason why I had to move was was because there was no opportunity for me to develop my career. Now, if I had a choice, I probably would have stayed, right? So, so the question for me is, or the, the thing that I want to create is the opportunity for our kids to stay, for our opportunity for our graduates to stay. Whether they choose that opportunity or not, that's up to them, but there still is that opportunity. There still is that career that they can develop here in the city or in the region, rather than having to go somewhere else to develop that career. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I think the more the the more of the, that these kids stay here, yeah. it, it, like you said, there's one just bodies is great, you yeah. know, because they're raising a family. That's right. They get married, have kids, whatever the case is. Like That's you're right. you're adding to the population. Number two, 
again, I go back to when you said um, San Francisco and Minneapolis. I mean, two completely different parts of the country, yeah, two right. completely different cultures. I, mm-hmm. I've never been either of them. I'm sure they're very diverse compared yep. to here. But yep. you take that idea of, you know, if you get kids at the college, a college is a very diverse place when you walk on the campus. Right. I went to Plattsburgh State. Like, yep. I, I, I mean, again, coming from Shazy, 50 kids. Yeah. I grew up with them. You know, yeah. you all go through all, all the grade schools together, and then you come up and you go to Plattsburgh. And it opened my eyes. I'm, tw- I'm 15 minutes from campus. It was a 15-minute drive from my house to mm-hmm. campus every day. And I said, if I drove that and I showed up, it was like another world at times right. at, on right. Plattsburgh. That's right. And it was crazy because I've driven around these halls. I've been in those places my mm-hmm. entire life. Mm-hmm. But then to see it as an actual student was eye-opening. Again, with being now in the community, being a little, you know, having being a little more aware of stuff you know not being again a kid kind of an adult kind of you know functioning as a, you know an adult as much as i don't feel like an adult you know <laughs> sure um but it's still the idea that i look at the possibility and all the stuff that can happen from that campus that can get translated for the better out yep. to our community and i know right now again you know when i see stuff on tv it breaks my heart with like the like the 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 at odds in the in the in the country right now yeah, yeah. and like the diversity yeah. stuff and it's like everybody's people just just chill like have fun like hey hang out help each other out get people better and i'm so like i i hope that people take the time and i think this when we talk about like a generational thing yeah some of the older generation they totally get it but there's some that i think i want to see as we progress as a generational you know as they you know i'm saying right now you know even the teenagers up when that they kind of have a an idea what's going on in the world is learn from other people and and again People will push you out of your comfort zone, yes. but that's where you grow. And if you have an uncomfortable conversation, or maybe you're not fully warm with that person from New York City because mm-hmm. you, you're from rural upstate New York, mm-hmm. you, they're going to do something to make you better. Yep. And it's not going to make you worse. I mean, if anything, they're just going to show you a different version of, or, or a different thing that you could experience. Right. But to get these people, get these children or kids or, or young professionals, whatever we call them, students, to get them back into the community, yeah. I think that's going to force a lot of people to adapt and change. But I don't think it's going to make things worse. I, I well, don't. It, and, and, it, and it won't make things worse. So so there's the integration in ensuring that there's a there, there's an environment for them to contribute to our community. Exactly. Or, you know, if even if you get down to into their community, because that's, again, they're here for nine months out of the year. So this is their community. But it is, again, it's it's for us and it's our responsibility to make sure that there's an environment for them to contribute and that we're not looking at them like, oh, they're only going to be here for a short time. You know, four or five years is not a short time in one's life, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, to make sure that during that time, they have the opportunity to contribute to our community. They have the, they're integrated into our community. They're welcome to help make decisions for this community. Um, that That really is our responsibility as a community to do that. Yeah, and you're yeah. talking four years in a in a very in a time in their life where they're they're very susceptible or very, very I guess they're away from the parents for the mm-hmm. first time. You know, they're turning mm-hmm. into young adults or dealing yep. with like real yep. life issues, yep. not just hey, I got to wake up and go to school. That's right. It's I, That's I mean, right. it is. I remember just I remember college, even being on my own and going to college. Like I got to run my own schedule. Like I got to yeah. make sure I'm nobody's telling me to go to college. I got to make right. sure I'm at the two o'clock class Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, <laughs> a couple a couple. Of th- You've, this is now your third campaign. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this is my well. Or fourth. Have you been elected twice? To technically, it's my fourth. I ran unopposed. My last. My okay, last but still, I mean, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, so based on that, yeah. Now, I guess my question before I get in: How long is there a term limit on mayor? Yeah, there's two four-year terms. Oh, so it's only an eight-year position, Correct. at Max. Okay, is this? 
from all the positions that you've run and you've run in mayor before, mm-hmm. um, obviously a very quick process cause you just kind of came back. You did County legislator now mm-hmm. for a handful of price, four or five uh, years, five years. Yep. Okay. Two, now one, one term, each term is four years. So four years and then one, another, so you filled uh, a vacant year. position originally. Uh, well the, the, it was, um, the seat was vacant that, that I ran for. And there was me and another opponent that ran for that seat. Okay. Cause that- the person the term term limited. So, Oh, so you're breaking actually your second term to run for this position. Correct. Yeah, okay. I'm just, no, 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 I'm caught up. So is this the most excited you've been for a campaign? Yeah. I mean, like this is, this is really where, um, this is really where it all comes together. You yeah. know, this is the, you know, it, it, if it, I mean, it's a cool position, it, no, it yeah. really is. And, and it's not something to be taken lightly and it's not something to say like, oh, well, I'm going to just, I'm just going to throw my hat in. It's not that right. Like it, it, it can't be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can't be that for a lot of reasons. And and you got to be responsible. Um, anybody running for office, you have to be responsible. You got to be responsible for what you're asking. You got to be responsible for the trust that you're asking for vote from voters. Um, you can't. You know, look in in my mind, you can't just say, well, there's nobody else running, so I'm gonna just I'm just gonna do it, right? You mm-hmm. there there's you know if 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 it doesn't reflect um, part of your purpose or part of your goals in life or in your goals for your community, then don't like, I would say don't do it. Right. So, yeah. but this is, but this is exciting, right? This is, this is an exciting time. Like I said, we're, I think, you know, we've been on the edge of, 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 uh, potential for quite some time. And, and, you know, really when we had that, um, uh, when we were awarded the $10 million, we thought, wow, this is going to be it. Like this is, this is the time for us to, uh, to expand. We're finally, we're finally going to do it. And then, you know, obviously that didn't quite go that way. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of that, kind of that sense. Like this is, we're right on the edge of something. We're right on the edge of something and it really is just going to take the right person and the right team to, to do it. I, I agree. Like yep. I said, I think it's just a quick reset yep. and it's like, we know exactly yep. where we're going. Yep. The, yep. Um, so <clears throat> Yeah, because because again, the the mayor thing is is kind of crazy when you think about, and and right now, you know, if you're elected or not elected, I mean, mm-hmm. right now you're you're down to one of two people yeah. that is going to be in a position that affects uh, what's the city population about uh, twenty thousand, yeah, nineteen twenty thousand. Yeah, so you have to think out of that about many that. people, you're like you are one of two people. I mean, a right. very small percentage. Yeah. yeah, and then obviously being elected, you're you in theory are the oh you are the the top from a leadership role yes, of yes, the city yes i mean it's a cool position to be in and whether or not you do it for you know never or four years mm-hmm, or eight years mm-hmm. it's always cool to look back and say hey listen i was there like yeah. i was running like again i know this sounds like you're on this podcast but i've seen you yeah, on sure. other stuff and right, interviews right, right. it's still kind of a cool time in your life to say hey listen i ran for public office in a you know a city and, and if i get elected mm-hmm. obviously put that check mark on too like i was the yeah. mayor of a city like yeah, yeah. I don't, but, but it, it's for me, it's not like a feather in my cap though. Right. It's, it, it, it really is like a more of a drive to make my community better. And this mm-hmm. is, this is what it looks like, you know, like just like owning a downtown business, Yeah, you know, like that's, that's a risk, you know, and oh, you know that owning a business mm-hmm. is a risk. It's, it, uh, it's, it's not something that people should take lightly. It's not something that everybody, there's a very small population of people that do it. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us grow up, most of us grow up and are taught, well, you got to get a good job and you got to stay in that job. And then you finally retire and you get a pension or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but being an entrepreneur is a completely different mindset. It, it takes a lot to, to make that leap from relying on somebody else to pay your bill uh, mm-hmm. every month or yeah. relying on yourself to yeah. pay your bill. You're betting month. on yourself. You really are. You're betting on it, yourself and your skills and your drive and your motivation. So, so, so when you, and again, I, yeah. 
the coffee shop, I haven't been in full disclosure. I, would, yeah, I, I sure. have to go check it out. I've seen yeah. photos of it. It looks beautiful. Oh, we love like, it. Like, I mean, the, just the, 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 the count, I say the bar, whatever yeah. you call it, the yeah. coffee, coffee bar. bar. Like, yeah. I mean, you guys have done a great job, yeah, you know, you. and I think this space, it's a cool space in the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got that like little corner off. It's right. got great views, right. you know, yeah. for, I mean, for yeah. you, it's kind of, yeah. it's a cool spot, it's you know? Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, so I guess, how is how has that been? Because I went to your, the old place in the library. Yeah, yep. You guys have a dope pour over. I love it. Yeah. So how has the transition? Because I, I would think now you're in a way better spot. The library, again, it's the library. But yeah, like now yeah. storefront, you're on yeah. the corner. You're part, again, mm-hmm. you add to the vibe of the downtown Plattsburgh yeah. scene, which I love. I love that. I love City Hall Place. Mm-hmm. I love that strip. That's fantastic. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. it's the heart of the downtown area. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, how has that been? How's like mm. just running? I mean, I love a coffee shop. I mean, yeah, I, I love yeah. coffee. I yeah. love, I mean... Everybody knows me, knows I drink way too much coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, like kind of like, how has this been 2020 transitioning mm-hmm. here yeah. from where you were before and is it starting to kind of get to where you want it to be? Yeah. So um, we were at the library for three years and uh, when we opened, uh, when we opened 2017 uh, in partnership uh, with the library, we, you know, we knew that we were going to be part of a whole. Right. And so, but, but we've seen that model done before, you know, living in Minneapolis, um, the central library, downtown central library has their own coffee shop. Right. And, and there's a smaller library in, in one of the neighborhoods that also has like a little cafe. So we know that model works, right. We knew we've seen it and we like it, right. What, you know, Tracy's a writer and, you know, we love reading. So it's, it's one of those things where it's, you know, just made sense. Um, but we were there for three years and as much as people loved us there, we also started to see kind of like we, we grew to a, we grew over the three years to a level that we didn't think that we could, um, uh, break through in that, in that space. We started to look at outside like, um, um, wholesale product, um, bottled product and, uh, distributing those things to, you know, local restaurants and grocery stores and, and things like that. So that was the only way that we think that we could have grown then in like the end of 2019, um, we had chatted with the director and the board and said, you know, I think it's time for us to try to expand. And at the time we didn't really have a good sense of where, and we've been working with, um, Ben and Ashley Clark with mm-hmm. their maple. We look, we use all of our products. We use as much local as we can. Mm-hmm. I think that makes the most difference for our economy, our local economy. Mm-hmm. So we try to do as much local product as we can. So looking, um, looking at Ben and Ashley, you know, they had a, they had the fantastic space at city. Well, um, that was a gallery kind of community space. And, you know, we said, look, you know, I think part, maybe part of the, um, complementary nature of both of our businesses could work in that space. What do you think? And they were like, absolutely. And so when we started to talk about, you know, that kind of collaboration, it just started to make sense, you know? And then as you know, um, Z group started to move it, move their offices in the back. And it just, it kind of works for all three of us to be in that space. And it's, and it's one of those things that is the example of what we're talking about in our community in terms of that collaboration and that, that balance between, um, community and making ourselves better in a time of crisis. We love it that it's, you know, it's a perfect reflection of who we are. The space is beautiful. Um, 
people just from all over have come in and we love, uh, you know, to talk to visitors. Uh, we are still seeing tourists come in, by the way, we see yeah. tons of tourists come in, uh, people coming in, um, either moving their kids in the college or driving through, um, or they're, you know, they're about to take a long trip. So they stop in and chat with us and say, Oh, we're going to this, this place or that place. So we f- fuel them up with coffee and then send yeah. them on their way kind of thing. Um, but overall, I think that, that, that location is a, a good reflection of, of what we wanted in a coffee shop. And um, the collaboration between the three of us there is, is just spot on. That's, that's I, really where it's at. I think, um, like, I've been in the building. We had a, we actually had a Christmas party there. We, okay. we dealt with Ben and stuff. Yeah. And um, it, the space is really cool. And I think my, my hope for the future for a lot of these things is that, you know, small businesses like that jump into those spots. Like, mm-hmm. like really... Yeah. Again, I call it about like a rising tide raises all ships. Like yep. work together, make this a better place where other people can now, you know, I, I love being down here. I, lo- I love all these corridors of, mm-hmm. of the downtown area. Mm-hmm. And it's like the amount of people, if you're, again, rowing in the right direction yep. and you're doing the right thing and you have the right purpose. And I think a lot of it is we're a tight-knit community. It's, it's about community, yes, you know, and right. it, it's the idea that if we... It, that's the benefit we have as a small community. You said 19,000 people in the city of mm-hmm. Plattsburgh. Like you personally probably know a lot, like 50% of them, you know, it just seems like, you know, like they know me or like, yeah, or whatever. And it's just a small area where, and and not just know you by name, but like, yeah, Yeah, Chris owns a shop down there. That's right. And I think that's such a big benefit to, again, small town politics. I, I do, I love small, I hate national politics, but I really Mm -hmm. do like the local level because I think the people that are doing it, you know, the struggle of the person down the road, you know, the struggle of like when someone says the water test facility, you know exactly where it is. Like, Hey, I'll be there in two minutes. Like there's, you don't get that at the national level. And I mm-hmm. think there, cause there's so many layers removed yeah, from the heart of it right, that right. the local pot, cause I had this conversation, Mike uh, Cashman came on, I was mm-hmm. talking to Mike and I'm like, Mike, like, would you go higher than the local level? He goes, no, cause I like making a difference on my yeah, local that's level. Right. Like, that's right. And I think for, it sounds like you're kind of like, Hey, I'm from the city. I, yeah. you know, I came back, yep. I live in the city, yep. I have a business in the city. Yeah. You know, eventually my son's going to go to some place in the city so. and it's, yeah, absolutely. um, so I think it's great. And I, I, I when you guys opened that, I like immediately was like, from there to there, that is a huge step because, yeah. again, I just the storefront, but also being a little bit more accessible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's time because unfortunately, there's times I tried to go there and like the, the library was closed. Yeah, it was like yeah, a banking right, exactly. day, and I was like, oh, exactly. I didn't realize I you know, yeah. closed on Columbus yeah. Day or something. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, so I, I kind of I, I ask a lot of people this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but for you. What's a normal day in the life for Chris oh, Rosenquist? Wow. Yeah, and when I say normal day, give me like post all the stuff you're doing now mm-hmm. and then kind of what's a normal day now campaigning and doing Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. I get up probably about six o'clock in the morning. Um, depending on the day, um, I work out at JS Fit uh, yep. with Steve, yep. and I uh, love Steve. By the way, if you if you because uh, no just, no offense, you look like a linebacker. It looks like uh, you. Well, like... I played rugby in college. Okay, you did. Okay, yeah, I was yeah, gonna yeah. say you uh, look like yeah. you played football or yeah, something. No, I played. I, you know, I'll, I'll try to play football. Yeah, in, but all, you school. gotta think rugby guys are all middle linebackers. Yeah, I, I tried to play football in in grades in middle school, and it didn't it didn't fit for me. Yeah, it, did, it wasn't a fit. Uh, in sports, but I played baseball. I played basketball uh, growing up. I played soccer growing up. You know, I, yeah. I grew up on the base, so that's what we did. We played yeah. sports. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, uh, normally I, I would get up if I if it's a workout day. I go to I go to work out. Um, uh, come home, uh, get Miles ready for school. Uh, get him to school. Um, at that point, Tracy probably has gone in to open the cafe, or or we try we try to trade off that role. Um, uh, opening and, and getting Miles to school. 
uh, I'm in the cafe half the day and, uh, the other half I'm, um, either at committee meeting, uh, for the County. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I serve on, uh, several committees in the County, um, or I'm doing the books for the, or the schedule for the, for the business. Mm-hmm. And then, um, at night, um, like towards the afternoon campaigning, you know, just doing, doing the, doing the work to uh, reach voters and, and, uh, do that stuff. So. It's a grind, man. Yeah. Well, like, it is, it is. And, and I don't mind it, you know, like I yeah. like working, you know, I like that, um, that, that life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, and, you know, when you were talking about retirement, like, what are you gonna do in retirement? Uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> I know people now who are quote unquote retired and they still are just like active. more busy now than yeah, yeah. they're active in the community. And that's kind of where I think that, that this is going to lead, but yeah, I, I love working and, and I find that, um, it is a community driven thing as well. Like even when I'm working in the coffee, so many people have come into the coffee shop and said, this is exactly what we've wanted yeah. for our community. It's exactly what we wanted for a community. It's like, yeah, me too. You know, me too. I, so, I think it's a, I think it's yeah. when, when I originally, when Ben said this is going to be a community space, I'm yep. like, we need something we need. And then when you went in with the coffee shop and Zach yeah. went in with the business, it's like, it's cool to see people that are, that want to make the community better yeah. or doing something entrepreneurial. Cause again, mm-hmm. it's not easy to do it's like not. any, anybody that does this stuff and, and you know, you start a small business, most small, small businesses fail. That's right. And the, and I've always looked at if someone's in a small business, support them because they're going through a lot more challenging times than you ever believe, mm-hmm. especially yeah. 2020. Well, yeah. And, and that's the other thing. It's like when we, you know, when we were at the library, um, mid March came and everything shut down. Yeah. yeah. That's our, that's our income. Right. So we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And we didn't, we were just like, man, what are we going to do? And we didn't really, it wasn't really clear on how we were going to move forward with, because there were just no, also there was no opening date. We didn't know when the library was going to open back. And so when we started to talk about, you know, we started to talk about this move and finally we were like, okay, let's get the move, you know, let's kick this move off a little bit earlier than expected. And we're going to then you know, have to open in the middle of a pandemic. What is that going to look like? We just didn't know. So it's a lot of risk. So when you talk about being an entrepreneur, you have to be able to, and and this goes back to being a manager, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and being a mayor, you've got to be able to have a skill set that you can rely on that, you know, you know, maybe 20, 30% is going to be unknown, but you can, you know, that you have the skill to fill that. Yeah. And that's, that's crucial right now because there is just, there still is just still a lot of unknown in this crisis. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I love that analogy. Yeah. Um, so, hobbies, interests. Like, what what, what do we? Yeah. Do you have hobbies and interests? Yeah, it's no, kind of no, you kind yeah. of like hey, before kids or before all this, but like no, 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 no like, absolutely. What, so, um, I've snowboarded since 2000, uh, two thousand, uh, two thousand one. I've been a snowboarder, snowboard instructor as well. Nice. Cool. Um, I coach rugby at Plattsburgh State. I coach women's rugby at Plattsburgh State, and I'm also a rugby referee as well. So I ref rugby. Do you yep. do the Saranac Lake tournament? Every uh, year? No, the Can Am. I don't. Okay. Um, uh, but but uh, there was a, I, I I gave my team a challenge. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking that we had a, a pandemic a little bit because I said in, I said, you know, in the fall, I said in, in the spring, I'll play in the alumni tournament. So I was going to, I was supposed to play, I was supposed to play a couple matches this, this spring. Uh, but because all, everything was canceled, um, I kind of got out of that one. Uh, but, uh, I was looking forward to, uh, putting the kit back, back in the on. scrum. Yeah. It was, I was looking forward to putting the kit back on and getting back in there. So, uh, maybe, so, ne- maybe next year. So you're maybe still coach. Year. You're doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's right. Crazy. So we're, we're, we're on yeah. pause right now just because of the, of the pandemic, but we're hoping that something happens in the spring. Um, if not in the spring, we'll look for next fall as well. So, uh, so I coached soccer for eight years. Oh, it nice. is a commitment. Yeah. 
it. Oh, it is very much. So. Like that's, uh, okay. I didn't know that. That's yeah, really very cool. Much so. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. and so, uh, so that's, you know, uh, that's what I do for fun. And then bike, we were biking family. Um, even miles, he's road he's bike, got, mountain bike, road bike. Okay. Um, yeah. Even miles, he's got a, a little balance bike that he toots around on and it's three years old. So now is the balance bike the one with no, no, uh, no, pedals? no, no pedals and no, like, uh, no, uh, training wheels. And so he's he, three and he's fine on that. Yeah. He's, he was, he was fine on that. At, uh, so we got that for him last summer, early, early fall. And, um, and then once the weather started going south, we just set him up in the house and he would just like go in this big loop in the house. So, so is this kind of like the Flintstone mobile? You use your feet and just yeah, push yeah. and glide? Yep. Cause yep. we've been wanting to get one for my son. And oh, you should, how old is he? He's two and a half. So oh, he'll, be, he'll be three in December. Hands down. Okay. It's the best thing. Actually, Perfect. We, we have an extra one. We'll give you, we'll give you one of ours. I'm, we yeah. want to have him try it. So yeah, yeah. yeah if yeah, you yeah. can, do, if you don't mind us, like let him take a no, spin no for doubt, it. No, no, no. We, oh. and that's how, like we, I mean, like as a bicyclist, you, you kind of read like, what's the best way to introduce your kids to bicycling yeah. and a balance bike is, is where it's at. Um, oh, and awesome. then we okay. were at the, you know, they had the, the, the event downtown last summer. I think it was like the bike rodeo, uh, downtown and, okay. uh, they, a kid just had a balance bike and we put miles on it and he was like, yeah, let's go. That's so cool. You should see him on it. It is wild. He can, he can go, he can go. So, okay. So I got to ask you about this because again, we're in the same thing. How's dad life? Like what's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It, And you know, it took, you know, I'm 45, right? So, um, and miles is three now. Miles is three. So I had him when I was 42. Well, we, I, I had, I did not have him, but he did. He just, (laughs) we had, we had him. Did he just turn (laughs) three? Um, he's about to turn three. He's about to turn three on the 10th of uh, October. Okay. Cause I do. uh, Yeah. Our son's two months apart. So that's right. That's right. So very close. So, so, um, uh, yeah. So dad life is fantastic. You know, I, I I love it. It, it does get a little frustrating mostly just because you're, you are interacting with, um, a three-year-old, a, a human who has his own personality and he doesn't quite have the language to express his frustrations yet. Mm-hmm. So he's working through those things. Right. And so, um, if you want to talk about management skills, that's patience. Like, and Oh yeah. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've gotten out of being a dad is more patience, you know, and just understanding it's like, yeah, I get it, dude. You can't, you can't, you can't tell me why you're mad and frustrated, but I can tell. So let's work something out. It, I, I know it's, and people have told me that like when you have kids, like, the amount that I've learned from mm-hmm. my kids, yeah. which is crazy because it really allows you to slow down mm-hmm. and get back to basics. Yeah. And it's, I love being a dad. It's, it's yes. one of the coolest things really I is. ever yeah, thought. And, and I know like here we are, you know, two dudes are sitting here like smiling, giddy, yeah. like talking about <laughs> yeah. our kids. But yeah. it's like, it's so much fun. Like my, my weekends, I try not to do a thing, mm-hmm. but hang out with the kids. Right. And it's. And I mean, evenings too, but like weekends is when I really get to like you do the breakfast and mm-hmm. you hang yeah, out in the morning. Yeah, and that's right. Um, I just think that you learn so much from your kids that again, the patience is one thing, but just like watching them develop. And then I've also had a weird, it, it's weird though, but it allows me almost to like have the nostalgic memory of being a kid mm-hmm. where I kind of like watch him and, and I'm like, I remember doing stuff like that. Oh yeah, sure. And it's sure. crazy how yeah. much they take after you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I I just think it's great. And obviously, I'm, I'm assuming Tracy's loving mom life. Oh, yeah. She loves it, yeah. too. Yeah. And we're both, you know, both Tracy and I have the same kind of mindset. We're very independent kind of people. We're, yeah. And we're both entrepreneurs. She's a writer, you know. So she's, yeah. you know, she's a very good writing career, uh, very successful in her writing. And so we're both kind of kind of that like driven and uh, family focused, you know, a couple. Yeah. And uh, Miles is, is, is he takes after that. Right. And he's also on the shyer side. 
So for me, I'm like, dude, are you, you got like two very outgoing, like extra. So neither of you two were shy. No, Tracy, Tracy and I are not shy at all. Okay. And, uh, but you have this, like miles is like a little, like kind of like timid around other people. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) Where'd you get that from? (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. We are just having a good time. You know, we're we're pretty easygoing people anyways. That's awesome. No, I'm, I'm pumped. I mean, anybody that has kids, I mean like, that's the thing. If you're doing all this stuff and you have kids, I'm like, man, kids are, when you talk about jobs, like. Dad, dad job like that because yeah, you, you yeah. live your life for that and you're, yeah. you'd make decisions based That's off right. that because it's That's like right. I, always, I always tell people like if I didn't have a wife and kid I would sleep in my office because I had uh, nothing yeah, else right, going on right, you know right, and it's yeah, like sure. it allows me to just yeah. like really regulate in perspective yeah. um, I don't know before we talk because I do want to talk about the water testing yes. site quick question I saw this the other day do you have a Tesla? I do so I do you do. have what is it the Model what? it's the Model Y do you yeah. like it? I love it I love it. The so, only reason so, I drove by is like yeah. a blue thing because I saw it and it said County Legend. I'm like, yeah. and it was kind of near the cop. I'm like, I bet you that's Chris. Yeah. And I said, I gotta ask so, him. So uh, Tracy and I, we've been driving around a 2011 Subaru Outback with 200,000 miles on it. Those things never die. And yeah. they don't. But I'll tell you, every single time we took it in the shop, it was about $2,000 to fix. And, you know, we're, we, we already have a, a partial um, uh, zero emission, a partial um, uh, hybrid. Okay. And, uh, and that that's a great car, you know, and when we thought about, you know, how much money and, and it really came down to the financial aspect of owning a, a fully a full um, EV. Yep. And uh, when it came down to it, it was like, how much money are we spending trying to fix this car? We haven't had a car payment in a long, 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 long time. So we were like, OK, are we is this an investment? Is this a savings measure for us? And it just came down to we would be spending this. We were spending the same amount taking this car, taking the Subaru in to fix and paying for gas that we would be paying for a, a brand new car. So when it came down to like, do we buy just a, a gas powered car or an electric car? We decided electric. So, so I, I am like, I love Tesla. Yeah. I don't have one. I've driven one before. Yeah. And the moment I sat in that thing and the guy I was driving with goes, mm-hmm. step on the gas. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And of course I'm just like normal acceleration gas. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. or he said, step on the, yeah, the pedal or whatever. Yeah. If it, yeah. He goes, no, no, step on it. I'm like, wait, yeah. hit it. Yeah. This thing just took off. And I was like, off. oh yeah. my God. It's got a lot of torque. I mean, like it's, it's a fun, it's a fun car and it's very scientific, uh, like uh, yeah. uh, science fiction, if you will. Um, but it, it's also super practical, you yeah. know, and especially where it's, we live when we get like what, two cents kilowatt hour or something like that. Well, if you, I mean, you yeah. live in the city, you work in the city, yeah, like sure, sure. you're not traveling yeah, that much. Right. That's right. Uh, and, and if we take a road trip, it's like, it just makes sense. It just makes sense for us. So it's a, it was, it was a more of a, uh, like divesting from fossil fuel. And finding a vehicle that just made sense for our lifestyle. I think it's incredible. I yeah. I just listened to the uh, Elon Musk documentary, or not documentary, uh, uh, biography book, whatever, mm-hmm. on tape. And, I mean, just the guy's obviously, like, yeah. he's, he's just on another, another level, like, yeah. you know, brain power, whatever. Mm-hmm. But just what they want to accomplish with that car. And, again, the idea of getting away from gas, because it always just blows my mind. In a 2020 world, how are we still functioning off of fuel, like, fuel oil for your car in regards to, like, like my house, we, we converted everything over to natural gas. Like right. I just like the, the practicality of, um, yeah, like I, I don't, I, maybe it's cause my mom was a science teacher for 30 something years, but I always look at like, I would love, I'm so like, I'm on the fence with the test and I'm doing the same thing. I'm mm-hmm. going through, I'm like, does it make sense? I have kids. I have, yeah. I like, my biggest thing is like, I have a, like a, I have a SUV kind of thing yeah. that like 
when I had to put signs and stuff in, it's not very practical. So I'm like, do I get a Tesla? Mm -hmm. And then do I just get like a little beater truck to do all the little odds right. and end jobs? Right. Or do I get the Tesla truck, which, but I, I'm not a big fan of the look of the Tesla yeah, truck. No, it's horrible. But then I'm like, then so I think bad. in my head, I'm like, well, if nothing else, people think I'm like driving around on Mars. Right. Like it looks, it right. looks pretty cool. No, right? I mean like it's the, the, the car that we have is a, it's an SUV, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you put the dog and you know all anything you want to haul in the back and you know all the tools or whatever in the car seat and the whole thing so it's a, it's a family car it's not like a race car it's not like that yeah. but yeah and no it's just yeah. it's the coolest vehicle i've ever yeah. driven my wife who's a car like she loves cars more yeah. so than i do right. she got right. in that thing and liked this so i said we got to win here so maybe if i mm. can do that yeah um because i've been a big like i've been interested in tesla for probably a couple of years now and then now that i'm starting to see it more mainstream it's <laughs> yeah. like and i've driven one I'm like, yeah. oh boy and, it like, is, and that's the thing it's like people I, I think there's just like this it's certainly when they first came out it's like oh my god people who own those must be like loaded and we're yeah not, it's like, like the jetsons or something like loaded or nothing like that but, yeah um but it's, yeah, a, it's yeah but they're not that bad it, they're not and they're su and people i think people will start to understand that they are super affordable yeah. because you don't like you know, you, you know, you read about how often you change brakes and you're like, yeah, you're not going to need a brake job for, until for 70,000 miles. There's no oil. There's, there's no oil. There's no there's, gas. Yeah, there's that's no, right. So when you look at all the expenses that you would normally incur in a gas powered vehicle yeah. and compare them to, you know, over the lifetime of a, of a Tesla, um, you're going it, to, it well, ends up becoming a cost savings for us. And the charge is only like 20 minutes for a full tank. Right? Uh, it depends on where you charge. If, if we don't have like a supercharge at home. Okay. So we charge it like. Do you do it like right in front of city hall as a couple? Yeah, sometimes, but it, we try to tend away from that. Yeah. Um, just because it's, you know, we, we can charge at home and yeah. we don't drive that far anyway. So, um, but there's the, like the, just a supercharger network as well. It's expensive. It's, it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. So, um, you can really just drive anywhere you want and charge along the way. This is so cool. I, yeah. I know. I'm like so on the, like, yeah. I like talking to people that have it because yeah. then I'm just like, you guys know way more than I do that d doesn't have it, but I'm, yeah. I'm curious. So well, especially, I don't know if you, I don't know if you watch the, I'm not like a, I'm not like a fanboy, uh, but it's just one of those things where you, you just start to follow it. Yeah. Um, they had battery day. I don't know if you followed that, but um, Elon just did, uh, Elon and his team just um, present, did a new presentation. They reduced the cost of their batteries by 56%. And in, and and re increase the um, charge by like fifty two percent, something like that. So they're they're about to release. Um, I think they said twenty five thousand for for a new uh, for a new model. Is is it true? If you were to update stuff in your Tesla, mm -hmm. you just do it through like an upgrade on your There's app. Software upgrades. It's like your it, phone, dude. It's like it's just it's like a insane. Big phone. The guy I was with was like, yeah. If you don't, if you want like heated back seats, you just go into their menu, click on, it, and then boom, they update it, and yeah. now you have them. And yeah. it's like like the right now they have a they have a promotion for. Um, uh, uh, enhanced autopilot, which is essentially oh, yeah, the, yeah, the auto driving. Yeah. yeah. It's, so th all the cars come with auto steer, which is just like, you know, you, you're on the highway. It's like, it's like, um, look, save it between the line. Kind yeah. Of it's thing. like a hyped up, um, uh, cruise control. Yep. Right. Um, but auto steer, uh, enhanced autopilot is a little different. You can set the navigation and it will follow to where you need to go kind of thing. Which That's true. Which is cool, man. Yeah. It's cool. But we, I, you know, it's, it's also like a lot of money and you're just like, no, why would you spend that money on that? It's well, especially snow. up here with like the winter. Cause I know if it snows, yeah. it's tough. And, yeah. and, um, so, okay. No, I was good. I just want to ask, cause I saw it the other day. I'm yeah. like, that's gotta be Chris's. So, um, now what, what, what were you talking about with the water, um, test facility here? Yeah. Have you seen the new plans? I have not in my, this. Okay. So one of the things I love about my, like where my office is, mm -hmm. is that I get to look out here and yeah. I just like, I look at this place and I know there's plans in the, the past and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's not something I'm like, oh, if Chris becomes mayor, he's going to have this done in four years. I don't believe that. I think it's no. a long-term play. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I'm very 
when I talk about 20, 30 year plan, like I believe this whole thing will be very much developed. I have ideas in my head of what mm -hmm. I'd love to see, but obviously I, you being more on like the, yeah. probably the know of what could go on. I have not seen. So what, what are they doing with Listen, that? Listen, in the five, in the, you know, our, ideally in the next five to seven years, this is all developed. I love it. You know, yeah. really it's like, you know, when, when, when this was first developed, um, they talked about putting a hotel down here. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, obviously oh. that, you know, you put a hotel next to a water treatment plant is probably not the, the best location for it. Yeah. And there's still a question about, Oh, if, if a hotel comes down here, what is it? What's going to happen with the water treatment plan? So, yeah, there there have been a there have been conversations about a hotel coming down. I've I I met with the developer. Um, we just had coffee just to talk about his plans. Um, he actually presented to the council, I think, at one point to talk about his plans. Mm -hmm. um, there are, in, in, in my assumption, is that there are also plans to develop over here by the uh, marina. Yep. Um, and I don't know, you know, who knows what what will happen with that. But the but I I had an opportunity to tour the. Um, I had an opportunity to tour the uh, water treatment plant and look at the plans that they have for that, for the new changes. And it, I'm telling you, like if, when you see them, you will be, your mind will be blown. It will really? just, it, it is, it's one of those things where you, you'd look at it and you'd be like, Oh, that's a, like a, um, like a, uh, like an echo center or it's a, uh, like a tourist, like a tourist really? destination. It is beautiful. Um, it fits into the landscape. There's going to be um, stench remediation on the top, so okay. you won't smell the yep. the, the smells coming out. Um, and it's just the, like this facade on the front, and it has like this little like not a lighthouse, but it, it kind of looks like the the front is like rounded and it comes up like a lighthouse. Really? It it is absolutely stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And John um, John Ruff, who's the um, manager over there, he he just knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. And a lot of people look at that and like, oh, why, why, you know, oh, the, I'm not going to use the S word. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like the, the, uh, the, it's not pretty. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. It's like, why would anybody want that there? Blah, blah, blah. But that, that facility makes us money. Yeah. It generates a function for There's it. Yeah. A, it generates mm -hmm. revenue for us. You know, we have five different lines that come in from the town of Plattsburgh and we, um, we, uh, we treat their water. Right. We, yeah. we treat their water for, for a cost. Um, people truck their waste here. People truck their sludge here and we treat it and mm -hmm. then send it back. Right. So, you know, we make money doing that. So when you talk about like facilities like this and the services that we provide just our own community, but then the services we provide regionally, um, again, going back to taxes, going back to lowering our tax rate, going back to generating revenue, um, and those types of partnerships with the town, uh, we want to be able to create those types of partnerships. You know, for example, Cumberland had maybe a few years. I don't really remember how long we're talking about um, uh, municipal water and municipal water treatment. That's something that I certainly could think like the town and the city can get together with to find a way to invest in that infrastructure. Because at the end of the day, that wastewater comes to us and we get paid for it. So investing in that type of infrastructure to then turn around and make money on the the byproduct is exactly where we want to be yeah. as a community and as a region. So, oh, that's cool. I'm, yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah. So um, that's that's kind of the story behind that. And, and uh, John, I'll tell you, there's money there for it already, right? So there's nice. it's already in the works. The plant, you know, the 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 the, the draft is there. The uh, rendering is there. It looks fantastic. So I'm, I'm excited to see. Is that. there like a timeline on that? I don't know what his timeline is, yeah. but I'm sure there is. But um, I'll tell you that when I met with the developer. Uh, down here uh, for this property, I said one thing that you absolutely need to do is you absolutely need to talk to John. 
He needs to be in this loop. He needs to be, you know, hand in hand in these conversations, uh, public, you know, uh, especially when it comes down to public input and public feedback. Um, that that's something that we absolutely need. So, oh, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, so Chris, just, just to respect your time you've been here, I appreciate all the time you've given us. Um, but kind of, kind of leave it at this. I, like yeah. you're running for this position. Yeah. I, I'm, like I said, I believe this is a good hard reset for our, our city. Um, and I think basically at the end of the day, like what is your vision? What is your goal? What is your ultimate, like why? I know you, yeah. we, we kind of discussed some of this, but like in a big nutshell, like you're going in, you're leading again, you're mm-hmm. CEO of a municipality. Yeah, like that's right. you're, you're taking on, uh, I, I, a very big role in the sense it's not like you're just be you know you're, you're this is an important role for the area it's an important yeah, role going forward and i think we're at is. a very important time in our in, at least in our county history like what is your big win for this position if you get mm. this and if for some reason and, and like i said it would be eight years like mm-hmm. the max like hey mm-hmm. can i do this for eight years what would be the big win that in 2028 when you step out of office and yeah. you're just like hey i spent eight years where do you want to go from you know to january of 2021 to December of 2028. Yeah. Wow. You know, it, when it comes down to it, it really, for me, is the experience that we have of ourselves as a community. Are we thriving? And meaning, are we, you know, are we pulling people into our community? Are we growing? Um, are people coming here uh, with intention to either stay or, or grow their family, like you, like we mentioned, um, or start a business? And is this the place that where people want to be? And, you know, we comparing to, you know, where we're at now and saying, yeah, we have that opportunity to grow. We have that potential to grow. It's time to shift from that potential to the actual. And, and that only happens with vision, with imagination, with uh, collaboration and community and experience. And that's what it's going to take. And when it comes down to, you know, four, eight years down the line, Part of that vision won't be fulfilled, right? Because, you know, it, as as I've come to learn, um, the decisions that I'm making now won't realize themselves for another 15, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. But creating that creating that conversation now to push ourselves in that direction is is ideal. And again, that has to be part of that measurement for success is we're what are we setting ourselves up for the next 20, 30 years? And right now we don't have, we, we haven't answered that question. We haven't, we don't have an answer to that question. So one, having that question answered and understanding where are we going to be in 30 years In 30 years, you know, miles will be, you know, yeah. either working here or working somewhere else or doing something with his, with his adult life. He'll be an adult. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, well into his thirties. So, you know, that's kind of the thinking that I have is even before we had miles, it's still like, what are we doing now? That's going to impact the next generation or two coming down. I would like to see a, a developed beach. Um, certainly a, 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 you know, when, when I talk to my rugby students and my players and, and people at the college, I'm like, Hey, have you been to the beach? Like, no, well, I didn't even know we had one. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the nicest beaches in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so developing our beach and having our waterfront be the highlight of who we are. Um, you know, when you when you drive into the city and you see that blue, bright blue, beautifully carved sign that says, "City, welcome to the city of Plattsburgh, the lake city. And we're not investing in our lake or, you know, we say that we're the lake city, but we're that's not who we sit. That's not how we, you know, 
you put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. You invest in the things that you, that you say you are, but we're not doing that. Certainly would like to see more investment into our waterfront, not only just the lake, but the river, you know, access to the river. Um, you know, a few years back, there was some idea about doing a whitewater park in a river. Again, that's, that's for locals as much as it is for people coming in from out of town. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that development of our natural resources, developing our identity and who we are as a community and who we, what, what that, what that product is that we provide um, for our residents and for people coming into our community. So there's a lot of that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, yeah. Like I said, I, I think no matter like, if you get in there, I think you're going to do the right things. Yep. And I think, again, I'm not a political guy. I don't like the political mm-hmm. sides and parties and stuff like yep. that. And I think it's, especially at local politics, is like bet on the person that's going into the office, meaning what are they doing? What's their mindset? What's yep. their goals? What's the, And I think there's a lot to be said about you know, like how you carry yourself and what's your approach mm-hmm. and how, and again, I think community is such a huge factor it that the community deal. has to be involved in yep. a lot of, yep. um, there has to be a gap between, you know, city, government, and then the community. And yep. I think that it's, uh, I'm excited again. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. for for November. Well, January. You know, yeah. I'm excited yeah. to to get back into but, it. But I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to that community piece because we do need more community driven decisions in in government. Um, not any, not everything needs to be done through a committee, but we when we make major decisions, we need to have more community input. That's that's I that's um, it's required. Mm-hmm. It's required. If we don't, then it's just a bunch of people sitting in a room making a decision for you know, yeah. the majority of our population. And that's not, that's not fair. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. So, um, again, let them know if, I guess where people can find anything yeah. about you. Yeah. Um, obviously talk about the election date and then any, anything you have, I guess, any public forums or yeah. anything people can learn, because again, we're, we're getting into, you know, basically the last five, six yeah, weeks of this thing. Weeks. So yeah, just kind absolutely. of crunch time. Yep. Um, how can people find you, support you, yeah, any absolutely. information you absolutely. can gather? Uh, Rosenquistforplatzburg.com is the, is probably the central location where people can find our social our YouTube our Twitter our Instagram, um, our Facebook kind of like that. So, um, I would go to the website, Rosenquistforplatzburg.com. You can download the plan for Plattsburgh, uh, there as well. Read through it. Um, you can read positions on, you know, um, parking and positions on housing and positions on the DRI. So you can go to the website to read on those positions, my positions on that. Um, and then if you go to Facebook, uh, Rosenquist for mayor on Facebook, um, you can also find, um, uh, you can also find a lot of my videos and a lot of my uh, social outreach as well there. So yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, like I said, I, I enjoy watching it from afar and I think, yeah. I think, like I said, I think you're doing a great job Thank just, you. uh, really getting involved in the community mm-hmm. and I think your heart's in yeah. the right place and I yeah, think it's, thanks, it's a lot of cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, um, November 3rd, again, everybody please yeah. go out and vote. It's always a Tuesday. Um, and you know, I, I think again, this is a huge, huge election for our area. And I think especially that, you know, the city, it's very well mm-hmm. needed, you know, yeah, that absolutely. hard reset. Absolutely. So, um, Chris, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Good man. luck. Thanks I wish you all the best. Yeah. And uh, like I said, try your best to get some sleep over the next yeah, five weeks. Yeah, I will. I'll try. Drink a lot of coffee, right? <laughs> and uh, also, just uh, chapter one coffee. Chapter one coffee and tea. Yes. Yep. And location? Uh, 30 City Hall Place uh, in partnership with City Well and Z Group. And they make a very good pour over coffee. So if yeah. you've never had it before, stop in, get it. You'll change your life. Yeah. All right. That Thank is you. episode, what did we say? 92 of the yeah. Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.